this is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. We tape Discover Lafayette with the support of Raider, a managed IT service provider that offers world-class service, including cybersecurity, communications, and technology support. With Raider, you have just one vendor and one number to call, allowing you to concentrate on what is most important, your business. For more information, visit RaiderSolutions.com. This episode is also made possible with the support of Lafayette Travel. No matter what time of year it is, if you're visiting Lafayette or you're a local who wants to find interesting things to do, visit LafayetteTravel.com to learn more about our festivals, local restaurants, outdoor adventures, day trips, or Cajun food tours. Our guest is Marie Ducote, proprietor of Cajun Food Tours. Marie exemplifies the joie de vie or joy of life that makes our culture so special. Marie's probably one of our region's most enthusiastic and effective ambassadors of Cajun history, culture, and cuisine. I had the pleasure of going on a morning Cajun food tour as Marie's guest. We visited five local restaurants, and I can attest this tour is something visitors and locals alike should not miss. A former history teacher, Marie teaches her guests about how Lafayette grew and about the many other cultures which influenced our current Acadian and Creole culture. Marie Cody. Welcome to Discover Lafayette. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so um, you're a dynamo. You, well, thank you. A woman on the move. Um, I just, I've, I've been so impressed with you, with your energy, but also your love of what you do and a love of where you live. So I wanted to have this opportunity with the help of Lafayette Travel. I do want to thank them again for helping us with this. But I wanted you to talk first of all about what Cajun Food Tours is. And why did you start this? Okay. Um, well, what it is, uh, hmm, it's a food tour. And I always explain a food tour. It's a tour and you get to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, the two, the two uh, best things to do when you travel, right? Take right. a tour, take a history and culture tour, and, of course, eat the local food. Um, and, of course, my, uh, my food tour is different than the vast majority of food tours in the country. Because most food tours, I'd say about 90 to 95% of them are walking food tours. Right. And we have the little bus. And the little bus is fun. I it mean, is fun. It's, a little, you know, it's like a little, I always say it's, it's an extension of my living room. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that it's set up like a party bus, but it's cozy. No black leather and stripper poles, you know. And you've got um, the lights, like the um, right, and the Tabasco curtains and stuff. So it's, I really feel like it's an extent. you know, I'm trying to mm-hmm. pr- portray like an extension of my home because I want people to feel like they're guests of mine, you know, right. guests in my home. Um, and I feel like I, you know, that's how I want to treat them, like mm-hmm. they're guests in my city, which is my home, you know. Right. Um, Let's talk about the portion. So you take people on the tour, and uh, it's not like we're eating five full-blown right, meals. Right, right, of course, because it's three hours. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to pick you up on the little bus, and then we're going to um, visit. The highlight, of course, is visiting uh, several of the local mm-hmm eateries, um, eating establishments, and tasting some of the best stuff that they have available. And right, so it's it's uh, smaller portions, but I think you would agree mm-hmm. with me. Once you put all five together, it's, it was plenty. <laughs> it's definitely you know it's it's 
Um, we aim it to be about the size of a full meal. If you were mm-hmm. to put it all together, it'd be at least a full meal. Oh, exactly. You know, the amount of food that you would eat in a meal. Yeah. Well, please talk about your motivation for starting Cajun Food Tours. Um, the, the, the beginning of my motivation was um, falling out of love with what I was doing. Okay. <laughs> Which a history teacher? A, no, oh, I administrator. loved administrator. Right. Because right, right. I loved, loved, loved teaching every day. Uh, but then I was in administration. I was in education administration. And I totally loved my little school where I was, St. Cecilia and Broussard. Um, But administration is just a whole other ball game if you used to be in a teacher, you know. And um, I was losing my passion for that. And I was just searching for, you mm-hmm. know, what are my other passions, uh, you know. And... Um, it actually, the idea actually had me. I always say, I didn't have this idea. The idea had me. I discovered food tours in other places. I didn't, mm-hmm. People say, wow, that's brilliant. I'm like, well, I didn't invent the idea of a food tour, you know. There were other food tours, you know. So, um, But you had traveled, and like you said, you had been on food tours, but you realized that what we had right, was much more right, special, right. even though those places were great. Absolutely. Uh, it's very, because now I take food tours, I mean, since then, so now it's been 12 years that I've taken food tours everywhere I have gone in 12 years, you know. Um, and very few places have a food culture like we have, right. you know. But a food tour works anywhere, because it's, even if it's just the food of downtown, wherever, it's the local food. And it's a great idea to do to find out the best local food in that area. But Mm -hmm. like you said, we got something special. Right. So you pulled the plug when you realized, I have a passion for our culture, but not necessarily a passion for being in an office as an administrator. Right. So can you talk about what it was like to start your business, like buying the van and figuring (laughs) out how to meet with the vendors that you partner with? Yeah, it was. I mean, I had never... um, you know, when I was trying to decide what to do with my, you know, as I was losing my passion and trying to find a new passion, I can promise you owning a business was not on my list. I mean, not at all. You know, um, I, when this idea had me, when this idea took me, um, and it really, I had been praying for quite a while, like, what am I going to do? I'm done with this. What am I going to do next? And really this came to me out of nowhere that, and it came to me like as an absolute. It, when it right. came to me, it was like an absolute, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I was like, ah, I don't want to do it. It was a really fright, you know, it was a very frightening idea. And so I tried really hard to pray the idea away after oh, it did. had me. God, oh, I this tried for six months saying. to get right, right. This can't be right. Let me go back to my list, you yeah. know, that does not include driving a bus or owning a business, you know. So, um, but, uh, at any rate, once I gave in to the idea, so it was about, it was a few months of me saying no, like mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it. Um, and when I gave into it, I was still, t- I was still um, an assistant principal there. And so I'd work all day and then I'd start, um, I'd start when I finished all my other work at home, I'd start like at nine, 10 o'clock at night and start learning, like learning what it is to own a business, to form an LLC, to, to create a website. To, I mean, I didn't have a clue. What, Lafayette tourism, what's the state of Lafayette tourism? I, I wasn't in the tourism scene. I didn't know mm-hmm. what was, you know, um, buying the bus. Like where, there's no buses are us. And at 12 years ago, especially, it was hard to find a bus. I and mean, where do you buy a bus? Right. Yeah. And then, um, have you had that bus 12 years? No, that's a new one. Is it? It yeah, was nice. That's I what I was a, wondering. Um, that's a lot of miles. This one I've been had about two, uh, Two years, mm-hmm. um, but um, my my original bus. Oh, it was it was a 
it was sweet and and sad when to get rid of her. I mean, it was it was sad Aww. to get rid of it because she's your partner. Oh, so much. We had named her Kiana, and um, <laughs> oh, she was just you know. But boy, it was getting really expensive because it was a very 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 used bus yeah. when I bought it, and, and I had you it wrapped. The experience so to be it, nice, um, yeah, and. Uh, I mean, it was a it was a good experience, but it was costing me a lot of money to keep mm-hmm. it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got an updated bus. It's not a new bus, but it's uh, I, you know, I got a newer used bus that's that's that you were in the other night. Right. Well, you day. um, you not only learned how to form a corporation and do all these other things, but you also had to figure out how to partner with local restaurants. I'm going to say when we toured, when you brought me with my friend Cindy Berry, we went to we met at a hotel. Off of Kali Saloon. And then we went to Tons in Mm -hmm. Broussard. Mm -hmm. And then New News Supermarket, because the one you took us to has a huge deli and delicious fried chicken, you know, cracklings and boudin, everything. And then let's see, we went to Fizo's Mm -hmm. and then um, Tikkun's and then... Poo Parts, baby? Poo Parts next door. Yeah, for some king cake, even though it was after Mardi Gras, they served us king cake. And I know you go to different restaurants for different times of your tour. So how did you figure out, like, I'm going to talk with these vendors? Because they have to be flexible well, too, right? The yes, restaurants to yes. work with And you. one thing I didn't tell you is, like, you know, when this idea had me and I was trying to get rid of it, and the more <laughs> I think about it, like, um, when I was praying, trying to get rid of it, my first degree was in public relations and marketing. Then I went into restaurant management. You did? After that. Before I went into, before oh I went back to school and went to education, so the two things you beca- need. So it was really like I really history. understood what it was to uh, manage a restaurant and the kinds of concerns they would have about this. So it and I knew at the time, um, no one. I knew the majority of people didn't even know what a food tour was. You know, it's two thousand and eleven, two thousand twelve, and so I knew I'd kind of have to educate them. Yeah. So I started with, uh, you know, with drafting a really nice letter explaining it with, and having the rack cards made ahead of time. So I'd look like I knew what yeah. I was doing, even though already, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Make it look like I was in business um, and explaining it like, this is what's going to happen. And this is going to work mm-hmm. like this. And then the letter was to, just a kind of introduction. And it said, but I'm going to call you in the next week or so. And I'd really like to sit down. And everyone I sat down with face to face is, stu- is um, still my partner today, if they're still in business. Wow. You know, I started with uh, 13, 12 or 13 partners back then. Okay, because you have to roll with it, with your schedule. Like here we are at 9.15 in the morning, and we were going to... We were going to meet this afternoon to tape, but you right. had a tour fill up. Right, right. And and so your vendors that you go to, the restaurants, also have to kind of roll right. with you, they right? Know, right. I'll let them know the day before. Like I'll mm-hmm. always, because uh, I'll always let them know by the afternoon before whether yeah. or not that tour's, whether or not we're going to have a tour. Mm-hmm. And but, they serve uh, just small portions of what I guess is already on the menu, right? Like we right, had, right. We had no gumbo. one's no one's cooking anything special, special. for us because yeah. sometimes I might just have five or six people on a tour. So it's and and that. And the point is that I want to introduce you to something you can go back and right. get. So, I do want to go back right. to all of the places. <laughs> but when we went to Tons first, like I was saying, Wasn't in Bruce that Star, delicious gumbo? And it was absolutely delicious. And they, but they're tiny little, you know, it's a little yeah, bowl, right, but it's right. rich. And then right. a little bit of um, potato, potato salad. salad. But I had met Ger- um, Yvette Gerard by doing my podcast. And mm-hmm, I knew she'd mm-hmm. worked there way back when she right, was right. still in college, you know, playing ball. And even when she was just a new coach. But... It was so neat to kind of put together while I've interviewed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the family that owns Tons, Yvette, and, and then have you introduce me to them. So yep. it's it's a real um, 
it's, I guess it's six degrees or three degrees right. of separation, right, you know? Right. Yeah. But it makes everybody, I think everybody wanted to go back to the restaurants you took us That's to. That's the goal, you know? Um, and you know, when the idea had me, that's what kept coming to me too. Is like, what a way to showcase, what a way to encourage people to come to these fabulous local restaurants. And when I was writing my business plan and planning this, I had no clue that over 50% of my guests would be local and semi-local. So that is that is unusual, the, and that's ten for times better type. for the restaurants, right. though. It's they ten live times here. better for the restaurants mm-hmm. for the because when I was uh, proposing it to the restaurants, I was like, "Hey, on average, you know, I'd done my research. On average, people stay three point two nights in Lafayette, and they got to eat, you know. So that's that was my sales pitch: is that people are staying a few nights, and I'm going to show them where the best places are, and then they're going to come back while they're here. Three point two. Um, that's what it came <laughs> out. That right. was, I did my research, and so. Um, but but immediately, um, locals started filling up my bus because it's a fun thing to do with your friends or your family, and it's affordable. I find, yeah, and yeah. and and um, you know, and it's just so so when all these uh, locals start doing it. Then that's a much better sales pitch for my for my restaurants. Mm-hmm. Now, when I approach restaurants, and I can say, right. you know, since I started, over fifty over fifty percent of the people who do my tour are local. So not only are they going to come back for two three point two nights, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're gonna um, they're gonna become regulars, right. you know. And and I know a lot of them do because they tell me they do. You know, I mean, I'll see people or they'll come back on my tour and say, hey, we want to do the afternoon tour because we did the morning tour. So we need to, you know, want you to show us some new places because we mm-hmm. we've become regulars at three of the places you took us, you know? Well, I was just thinking for local businesses, like our law firm or whatever, um, they're, they're always looking for things at the holidays to yes, do as a, do a, as a team. we do a lot of that in the holidays. And you could just like do a food tour where it's, you know, you have three yes. hours, you're going to be going to the party exactly. anyway. You may as well do something that really raises the pride in where you live. Like you, right. um, during the tour, I just, I'm going to lead you into this, but your knowledge of our history you know, starting with the Native Americans who were here before right, right. settlers came in that, you know, right. um, English speaking and, and French speaking right, and right. others. But you really got us into it by driving us and showing us here was this, here was that. Can you tell about that? Like the, the history, I know you can't go through the whole thing, but an overview of the history that you share. Um I just like people to, and it and it's definitely an overview. You know, mm-hmm. as I always call it, like a Reader's Digest version. Right. You know, of, um, but it's just enough to, I don't know, dispel some misconceptions people have about this area. You know, because a lot of times we're known as Cajun country, and um, but I want people to know. And of course, I'm very proud of that. I have Cajun heritage. I have Acadian heritage, and so I definitely want to uh, highlight the. Um, that in our culture, but also to point out that that's not the only um, that's not the only group of people who moved here and made us right. what we are today. You right. know? And so that it is this melange, this uh, this mixture of all these rich cultures um, that come together to make us so unique. Mm-hmm. You know, in not only in 
the United States, but unique in Louisiana, right. you know, different, different than other parts of Louisiana. You know? People loved your explanation. We had on our tour um, the couple from Australia mm-hmm. who were here in the States for three months. I right. just thought, All Man. those Australians stay for three months. They I all, think that's what yes. they get off, right, for the year? Yeah, Is that and something? they also, that's uh, that's how long they can, the United States lets them stay. Yeah. <laughs> so well, they were having a big time. Yeah. And then we had people in from Baton Rouge that were going to the Journey concert. They were from the Baton Rouge area. Right, right. And then a woman from Illinois, I think. It was mm-hmm. just a hodgepodge. So, yes. And then I brought my friend, Cindy Berry, who's a French teacher, um, and she taught for years. She's retired now, but she loved your presentation of, of our region. Good, and, good. and you're are you taking French or you learned French? Well, yeah, that's for this? what I, right. Um, I don't know if I had gotten to that point. Sometimes I tell that on a tour and not what happened to the French language here. Kind of, again, a mm-hmm. Reader's Digest version of what has happened to the French language here. And then my story is exactly like so many people's story, which is my generation grew up without a word of French. And for all these XYZ reasons, that's that's what happened. Um But it was this tour, like I told y'all on the tour, if I thought I was passionate about my culture 1,700 tours ago now, I'm so much more passionate about it now um, because there's nothing like seeing our home through the eyes of people from literally all over the entire world. Mm -hmm. To give you this whole new appreciation is just deeper passion, um, different perspective, you know, from everybody else's eyes. And... Having my passion become more profound like that, the language took the the language took that ride with it. It's like mm-hmm. it was um, as my passion grew, I, I started seeing how related the language is to the culture, and what a sadness, you know, what a travesty it is that we might lose it. Right. And um, as several years ago, about seven years ago, eight years ago now. I just made a decision after telling people over and over and over, yeah, so my generation doesn't speak French. Yeah, so my generation doesn't speak French. Um, as After a while of saying that, three years of saying that, I was like, you know what? I'm just, I, I was moved to the point where I'm going to, you know, fait un effort. <laughs> I'm going to just give give it my all and I'm going to throw myself into this and I'm going to learn, the, I'm going to do whatever I can. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, with my old brain. Um, but I was like, uh, I'm going to do everything I can to see if I can learn this language, the language of my family. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what I started doing. And it's become the most passionate endeavor I've, you know, maybe that I've ever undertaken. It's been such a uh, exciting journey for me to become bilingual. Yes. It's, uh, and it really defines me now. It's, it's becoming bilingual is a huge part of who I am now, I think. Um, when you shared that story at Fizo's and you were talking about the history where, you know, I think it was in the 30s, perhaps. Um, public education. Children mm-hmm. were not allowed to speak French, mm-hmm. not even like in the playground. Right, right. So they would just really not speak it all day and right. maybe hear it in the and homes. And go home, and that's all that was spoken at home when they got home. But yeah. they were, you know, they couldn't do it. And then you, really the culture was trying to shift right. to not be French. Right. And thank goodness for Codafil, right. you know, for bringing right. back, uh, just for people to know the beauty of French yeah. and to appreciate our heritage. So, yeah. yeah so um, I often, you know, recount the story of, and I probably didn't do it on that tour, but how, um, you know, a lot of us look to a lot of the, um, in tourism and historians look kind of to the Balfour brothers bringing mm-hmm. a, um, 
bringing an outside eye into Cajun music. Right. And what for was the that? First the Newport time. Festival. Yes, they yes, traveled, yes. and people were just blown exactly. away by the and music. And that at that time, people were people around here were kind of mortified that they were going to go and do that because it was kind of like they're going to bring shame upon us with this. Because at that time, there was this inferior, you know, uh, mm-hmm. feeling about the Cajun French and and all that. And I always say, you know, when the when they went to do that, the opposite happened and people, including journalists, literally followed them back here to see where mm. they'd come from. And I always say, you know, you look back at that, and it took people from the outside mm-hmm. to come in here and tell us we had something worth saving. Right, right. And and that's what I look at is, wow, if that wouldn't have happened, mm-hmm. you know, we might. who, who knows what, what else we right. would have let go by now. Right. You know, you know I'm curious, you, you followed um, God's inspiration, just put it bluntly. It was God, you know, whispering in your ear all that time. But you seem to be calm. And I'm just trying to think, rolling with the punches like you do, filling tours up, then they don't work and they do. You've got to let the restaurants know we'll be coming about this time in this order. You know, do you, how do you keep your calm? Do you, is it just because you love what you do or do you have to meditate to kind of de-stress, you know? I I actually do. I start every day in um, contemplative prayer mm-hmm. every day. Um, and that definitely grounds me because I'm not, a, I think in general, I'm not a calm person. You're I'm not? a very, uh, <laughs> I'm very, I'm a very excitable person. And, um, you know, I could, I, I um, anxiety can get to me, mm-hmm. but so I have to start every day like that. Um, I start every day in contemplative prayer and I, um, I end very many days with red wine. <laughs> It's like bookends. Yeah, yeah. start the, the day with red wine. Day. Yeah. yeah, right. It'd be the other way. Um, but because um, you've got, um, I was just thinking, people probably are late sometimes for the bus. You've got oh, a schedule. Yes, yes. You probably want to kill them. Yeah, but and it's like you can't. because if they're yeah. ten minutes late, it throws, it throws everything off, off everything. and stuff like that. It's um, I've gotten better at it because I am a very structured person and owning your own business and. Um, is very different than being a teacher. You know, the bell rings, ding, tells you what to do, you know. Yeah, but you still um, have to deal with right, a lot of moving parts right, when you right, teach. Right, right, right. And you do a lot of stuff at home and all of that, too, when you teach. But um, but this is like uh, no two days are the same. You mm-hmm. know, you're really kind of planning. And you don't, and I don't know until the night before whether or not, you know, if one tour is going to make tomorrow, if the both tours are going to make, or, you know, right. is anybody going to book? But um, I do have a cutoff period, you know, like 5 o'clock the night before mm-hmm. so that I, you know, so I'm right. not like waiting in the morning <laughs> to see if the tour is going to happen. But uh, Well, yeah. can I put you on the spot and you can mention some or all of the restaurants that you partner with? Um, yeah, well, you know, if I mention some, I have to mention them all. Of so, um, and I'm going to probably forget some if I try because um, we have about 30 right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you started with 13 or yeah, so. Yeah, we started with 13 or so. But now the third, now I say I we have 30 that. now. It's um, it's also because we have the Around the World in Acadiana International Food Tour. And I started that because, like I said, I didn't see it coming when all these locals started taking my tour and I was like, well, you know, all these locals are taking my tour and they're not even stepping out of their comfort zone. And here are these people coming from all over the country, you know, pulling the heads off a of crawfish for the first time and eating boudin. They don't even know what it is. And I'm like, you guys need to get out of your comfort zone too. So we um, created that international tour. I had had that idea from the very beginning when I saw 
internet when I saw um, how many locals were coming, it was like I need to do this international food tour so that other people would come. And it wasn't until my other tour guide Jay came on with me about five years ago that, and he's just a, a wealth of knowledge of international cultures and food. He's a foodie beyond me being a foodie. And um, and I was like, as soon as, you know, we would be talking about something, um, we almost said it together when I was like, he he would be the perfect person for this tour that I'd had in my mind, mm-hmm. but I wasn't prepared to go there. Um, so we created that tour together. And he, uh, it's a fabulous tour. But anyway, I got off track. So with those uh, partners and our walking tour in Bro Bridge, um, we have about 30 different restaurant partners now. And they're all listed on my website on a page called The Food. So I'd rather just say, check okay. them out, then name a few and forget some. What is your website? CajunFoodTours.com. Right. And you're Cajun on Facebook, tours. too. And oh, you yeah, show Facebook pictures. and Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I post a picture. I post an album of, of uh, photos for every tour we do mm-hmm. um, so that people can go back and remember yeah. what a great time they had. And, right. You know. <laughs> Have you had any funny experiences, like anything that ever happened that you could share? That, People are yeah. funny, you know. Um, oh, and I've had just crazy, like you say about things happening and being calm. I've had a blowout. I was I wondering the, about that. How the, you handled the, the, that? The old bus, you know, like <laughs> de, you know, dead batteries and just um, no wrecks or anything. No, I never had a wreck. <laughs> knock on wood. Um, I just but, wondered how you'd handle that as but, a woman yeah, a by of yourself. Blowouts you know? and a couple mm-hmm. of times the bus didn't start. And <laughs> and I'm telling you though, one time, like the the worst time. Um, that the bus like died completely. I actually heard a noise when I left my house. Like there was a, something a little weird, but I had a full tour, and I go and it felt a little different. I saw, I felt this little sounds a little bit, and I mean I knew that, and I still did know every the tiny could be the tiniest sound, and I know mm-hmm. that that's not the sound. But I go and I pick up the people, and I'm a little nervous the whole time because there's this little sound. But I mean it's you know I don't notice it till. 10 minutes before I'm supposed to pick everybody up. So I go pick everybody up and stuff and um, do the whole tour. Um, as I'm turning onto the road to drop the people off, I literally cut co- the bus kills. I coast into the Hampton Inn where I had picked everyone no, up. Marie. I've coasted into the Hampton Inn. Everybody got off the bus. We had done the whole tour. Everyone got off the bus it was fine. It was done. I had to call a wrecker mm-hmm. to come take the bus to um, Dave's Auto on Pinhook. <laughs> and when they opened that thing, <laughs> that guy comes out and he says, Mr. Cody, you must be living right. Because, and he came and he wanted to show it to me how mm-hmm. this thing had come off. And he's like, there's no way you could have done this three hours, which you're telling me that you, but it you came did. off four hours ago when you heard that noise, this thing came off and somehow miraculously this belt stayed where it needed to be without the thing that holds it on. <laughs> I said, and he said, you must be living right. And see, I had started that morning <laughs> praying, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> and so, you know, I just think, um, you know, uh, cause I know you were praying God, very, let yeah, this be a safe, been, fun yeah, tour, yeah, yeah. you know? And I, um, and oh. I think I've been uh, saved like that a few times. Where's the, some near misses, uh-huh. you know? That's beautiful. Uh, but uh, 
But yeah, but then funny stuff happens too. Just people are funny. Like you just said something, about, this made me think of this. You said how on your tour we ate um, king cake, even though mm -hmm. it's out of season. And I do eat king cake year round. And so, well, but especially during Lent, so I'm trying to explain to people, you're like, during Lent, you know, that's when they would quit eating king cake because Fat Tuesday, mm -hmm. no more parties, no more, you know. And um, I was explaining that to a, a group and I had this lady from somewhere up north and uh, somebody else said, so it's Lent, so... Um, well, if we go eat king cake, we're going to go to hell. And this other lady, quick, that, as she, quick as she could say, she said, well, if I'm going to hell, I want two pieces. <laughs> and I just think, of, you know, people are always just funny. Oh, my gosh. Funny. Oh. Well, I'm glad. It's I, like, I no, no. Like, what? Yeah, really I, I don't hell. think you're going to hell. <laughs> not yeah. for eating king cake. But I don't think that I'd was in the Bible. No, yeah. no. But I explained it as Lent not being partying and stuff. And yeah. so she's like, oh, we might, you know. Oh, and, gosh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but, so. How can people sign up and how far advanced? Like, it sounds like you fill them up all the time. So how could we yeah, sign up? Um, I mean, CajunFoodTours.com. You can see the uh, calendar there. You can um, book book there. Um, and that's the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, anything that's available. You can book as far in advance as you want, and you can actually still book today's tour. <laughs> You know, if I, have space, if I have space left on the uh -huh. afternoon tour today or the morning tour today, you can get up that morning. If that tour step is going out and it's still on available on the calendar, you can book a tour for okay. this afternoon or today. Um, What's or the max number of people 14, you can take with four, you? Okay. Yeah. Me that's, as 15 count. That's, me, so that's quite a bit. People. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, uh, it's a good group. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get a lot of, like you said, uh, your whole office, or uh, it's, if it's grandma's birthday, all the mm -hmm. family can come, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of that. That's why we have so many locals, because I would say the, the guests come, tourists come two and four at a time. Locals come 10 or 14 oh, at a time. You know, they're they filling up the bus and they got all their friends or whatever. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's why the numbers are so, uh, yeah. so high. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything you wanted to say that I didn't ask you? Um, anything you wanted to mention? Um. Yeah, you know, I like to mention that we, um, we not just me, but since anyone I've hired since I started, which has only been three people total, two of them still with me, um, we, um, since I started the business, I, um, I don't know, I always ha have had a heart for the homeless here in uh, the parish or anywhere, I guess. And I know that we have this business, I have this business and I can have this business because of this incredible blessings that we have here. And even as blessed as we are here, there's still people right, you know, in that you can see walking, you know, walking around downtown that don't have, you know, that don't have it. And so we've, since the very beginning, we, sh we have shared all of our gratuities, 50% with oh. the homeless and, um, oh my gosh. with the, with, with, the organizations in Lafayette, the local organizations mm -hmm. that um, help feed the homeless, or or uh, or other hungry yeah. people, yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's and a lot that's of uh, people you're touching there. Yeah, you know? and it's yeah, like a, that's so beautiful. And it's a way to you know we have signs in the bus that say that so that mm -hmm. people who get on because we want people to get on our bus and think about that that we're having this you know we're able to do this because of our many blessings and stuff, but. Um, but not to forget that, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's skewed. Yeah. Everything is skewed. Marita Cody, I, I'm so honored to be doing this interview and to have met you. It's You're just a delight. Well, thank you. I mean that from the bottom <laughs> of my heart. 
And your that. your faith and love just uh, came through on the tour, and they're coming through right now. But I was just so touched the whole day I got to spend because you could just feel Marie's passion and love for our community. So thank you for thank you. following God's thank uh, you. inspiration and treating us to, thank to you your talents. Thank you for doing what, what you're doing because um, this podcast is really thank shining you. a lot on a lot of uh, wonderful things happening. Thank you. Happening in our uh in our community. Yeah. I love this place yes. too. So yeah. it's an it's yeah. really an honor to we get share to do that this then. show. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We do. I want to thank our listeners for following Discover Lafayette. Marie's interview is one of over 300 now that are, you can find on discoverlafayette.net or anywhere you get your podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please consider doing so. Also, I want to thank Lafayette Travel for making this interview possible. We're very grateful to Ben Berthelot and the crew at Lafayette Travel. And just as grateful for Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape and makes it sound professional. Thank you all for making Discover Lafayette a reality. On behalf of the show, I'm Jan Swift. Thank you. Thank you.